welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word, with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and this month we are discussing the topic of racism from a biblical point of view. And today we want to look past the smoke and mirrors to the real issue at hand, sin. We've got sin in the game, folks, not skin. Racism will not vanish if we focus on the symptoms rather than the problem. The roots of racism are common to man. Sin is lurking underneath racism. In this episode, we will explain and examine sinful attitudes and behaviors that lead to racism and how to extinguish those attitudes. Here with me on this episode is Jen Elwood, who serves on the Seeing Deep ministry team. I'm so thrilled to have her with me, and she and I are going to tackle the real root of racism here on this episode today. Jen is from Yakima, Washington, and writes stories of transformation on her Peacock Sojourning blog. You can see what she's up to, including information regarding her upcoming book at www.jenniferelwood.com, and I'll have that link in the show notes as well. She has an interesting testimony I can't wait for you guys to hear to share from her adoption experience. Welcome to the show, Jen. It is so great to be here, Denise. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. I'm just so thrilled to have you. So, guys, the scripture for this episode is taken from Galatians 3, verses 26 through 28. In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Okay, news flash in case anyone is not aware, but racism or discrimination is a sin. Treating or judging anyone as less than we are is wrong. Given that this is obvious, sometimes racism is not so obvious because it has been woven within our culture. And I would say that racism does not just have one color. Groups commonly assess what is the favored status or position within that group, and people who don't fit that mold are deemed as inferior. It's the stuff that bullying or shunning are made of. And the subject of racism is made difficult because you cannot attack racism just by saying, stop being racist. No one would want to admit they are racist, but more than that, racism is not the problem. The problem is the sins underneath. Yes, Denise, I absolutely agree with you. I feel like um, dealing with the symptom of racism is like prescribing a medicine to manage physical symptoms, but it just masks pardon the pun, (laughs) the root (laughs) cause. (laughs) I'm looking forward to tackling some of the root causes of sin and racism with you and see if we can separate ourselves from the emotionalism of racism that is so dominant right now. Focus on the real cause is something we can all work on within ourselves. So true. But before we discuss the root causes behind racism, Jen, I would like you to share a little bit of your story and how you encountered racism and dealt with it. Both Jen and I have experienced racism ourselves, and sometimes hearing the impact it had and people's personal stories helps us to be aware of hidden racism within our own hearts. I am more than happy to share that. Um, um, Almost nine years ago now, my husband Tom and I adopted our daughter, Carol Ann, who is black in Mississippi, and um, we are white. And so um, 
uh, we stood out a little bit. Um, when we went, we were a white couple walking around with a little black baby. But, you know, we had actually great interactions. We didn't have any issues at all. Um, in fact, one of the best experiences we had was uh, my husband looked up a church to go to the first Sunday, and he found New Birth Community Church. And we chose it for the name since we had this brand new baby. And it was this really small country church. And honestly, I had never been to a black church before. But we walked in, and they were staring at us a little bit, and then just went about their business praising the Lord. And oh my gosh, (laughs) that pastor went to town he was so loud that my husband like actually covered, you know, our little baby's ears. And it was so funny, but oh my gosh, I loved that church so much. And after the service was over, so many people came up to talk to us and it was wonderful. Um, and we continued that kind of interaction with people as we continued to wait for the um, approval to come back home. And so about two weeks later, we came home, we answered a lot of questions, but people, for the most part, they were just really supporting and loving. But I do remember a friend telling me before I came home with my daughter that living in this city as a black woman, she felt watched and not a day went by that she didn't feel judged by the color of her skin. So I knew the day was coming that something would happen. But of course, I had no idea when. And I wasn't even there for it. Um, One day, I think she was maybe three or four, and my dad took her on a little date. There's a place in our town that has a big climbing toy frame and a few ball pits to play in. And um, so something you need to know about my daughter is that she will play with anyone. Like, we have gone to playgrounds and I've had random kids brought up to me to put their phone numbers in my phone so that we can call them later and have play dates. And we've traveled to other countries and she will just happily play with kids in Japanese, French. It doesn't really matter. Like she has no barriers. She just absolutely loves playing with anyone. And so, um, so she asked the little girl to play with her like usual My dad said he was really surprised because he overheard this little girl saying that she couldn't play with her because she was black. Mm. Mm. And when my dad told me this story, I was immediately so angry. And I screamed like, what? And, you know, he said that she handled it herself. Basically told the girl, so what? And they ended up playing together. <laughs> I love that. Well, can't adults handle it that way? You know, so what? Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if I look different than you. <laughs> oh well, goodness. thanks for sharing that story. You know, how did that make you feel as a mom? You know, I was rattled um, and it bothered me that I wasn't there. But, you know, praise the Lord that my dad was there instead because he let her handle it. He didn't jump right in. That was so wise. Um, You know, we're all here Mm -hmm. as parents and grandparents um, to instruct her on how to deal with conflict, but she has to own her own responses. Um, And she Mm -hmm. was literally unfazed by the whole experience. But, you know, (laughs) I'm sure as time goes on, these things may begin to take a toll without an ongoing spirit of reconciliation, for sure. Oh, 
That word reconciliation is such a key word. I appreciate your sharing that. And we talked about that in our last two episodes this month about that opportunity we have before us right now. Okay, so we are going to name what we consider to be the top five sins. I'm sure there's way more, but we just honed in on five of them. Lurking behind racism's shadow. If we would deal with these sins and create an awareness the real cause of racism, perhaps we can make some headway. But this is difficult in a society that is not based on biblical values. Nonetheless, here we go. Drum roll, please. We have a drum roll. There we go. (laughs) Number one is pride. I'm sure that's surprising. But Romans 12, 16 says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position Do not be conceited. Now, in God, there is no high or low man. Really, there's just low man. (laughs) We're all desperate at the foot of the cross for God's mercy. But in our culture, there are groups and perceptions and prejudices. And some are elevated while others are denigrated. And pride is the cause. But that scripture says, live, it's a choice, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Do not be conceited. Be willing to associate with anyone. So there are cliques in every group of people, and it is the nature of sinful man, but we can choose to not participate in the subcultures and be counterculture by being humble. And when we see God's heart toward us, we understand that God is with the lowly and the unpopular, and the prideful are not near God. Psalm 138 verse 6 says, Though the Lord is exalted, he takes note of the lowly. And recognizes the proud from far away. Proverbs 3.34 says, He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. You know, we need to recognize haughty thoughts in our own mind and subject them to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm sure all of us have at one point thought that we were better than another person in some way. It may have been a talent. It may have been a position. But any thought, habits of viewing people who are different than us as being less than us is sinful and prideful. Absolutely, Denise. You know, I think pride is an issue that really needs quite a lot of humility to counter it. We have to be able to be ready to take the lowest position at any given time. And, you know, when I'm angry at somebody or feel like my intentions have been mistaken, it's just so easy to lash out. But really the best thing to do is offer an apology and ask for forgiveness or in some cases, what can be done to help depending on what the particular situation is so that it can be diffused. We are on to our second sinful attitude and that is of judgmentalism. And Mm. uh, we have a few verses to help us kind of sort this one out a little bit. Uh, Matthew 7, 2. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Mm. John 7, 24. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And I just have to say that the only way to have right judgment is to be in partnership with the Lord. <laughs> to, yes. Um, you know, and he... He says, do not judge by appearances. Well, it is a big mistake for us to judge another person on what they look like. 
Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I, I think back to, you know, the experience of my daughter and how wonderfully she countered, um, this judgment by just deciding that it wasn't going to bother her. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that when there's this toll that happens, when things, when these negative experiences happen over and over and over again, it becomes a lot more challenging to stop yourself from judging for sure. But, um, I think that continuing to be in the word and rereading verses like this, are extremely helpful in being able to do away with judgment and to Mm. just um, love people for who they are and where they're at. Amen. And there's one last scripture, 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And I just think of, gosh, what is the Lord seeing right now? I feel like Mm. um, we all need a big heart check. And I'm not excluding anybody, especially me. And I don't think of myself as a person with, uh, a lot of racist t- uh, tendencies, but I know that they're there. Um, and mm. for asking the Lord to examine our hearts and reveal the things that we are being judgmental about, I think is just extremely important to constantly be reassured. So I do think too that our the way our culture is handling it can incite more of a problem than is there sometimes, but it doesn't mean that it isn't still there. Um, And, you know, another great verse I think of with judging by appearance is out of James 2, uh, verses 1 through 5. My brother, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And it continues to go on describing a man coming in with fine clothing and how he's treated better than someone else. I think also of discrimination uh, because someone's poor. You know, it isn't always color. It's really about us checking our hearts and being in a place of humility, realizing everything we have is from God and anything in our appearance is only just because God designed us that way for a specific purpose. It wasn't that one race was more superior than another or one position um, or even economically better. There's just um, no, no partiality, you know, none. So, you know, it's superficial and sinful to give someone worth based on their appearance. And we're all unique and beautiful to God. And this leads me to number three, comparison. At the yeah. heart of racism is comparison. But who should be, we be comparing ourselves to? Who is the standard? Christ is our standard, and we all fall short. We're in good company with all mankind, and we're all small and weak, but mm. God. He gets the glory for taking us and making us to be more like Him. Some scriptures to help us when we are tempted to compare based on the world's flawed standard are 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without standing. 
Discrimination is without wisdom and understanding. It is foolish and ignorant. But a right understanding of our position before a holy God ought to help us think of others differently. Perhaps even think of them more highly than ourselves, as it says in Philippians 2, verse 3, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Wouldn't it be a thing if instead of people thinking better, we all looked at everyone else and honored others as better than ourselves? Because when we compare ourselves to Christ, we readily give grace to others. Uh, absolutely. Which moves us to kind of the <laughs> opposite of grace. We're moving on to our fourth attribute of hatred. And this is a really hard one to deal with. But, you know, I found that the best way, in my experience, to counter hatred is to respond in love. Mm. And, you know, my daughter, Carol Ann, just recently had an amazing response of responding in love when I told her about the death of George Floyd and what subsequently happened in our country. Her immediate response, of course, was to call her friend and she didn't answer and left a message. And then she, she called her younger brother, who we found on Ancestry DNA a few years ago. And he was adopted by an amazing family in California. Mm. And um, anyway, she also had to leave a message for him. It was so sweet. And she said that they needed to do something together so that police officers would be nice to, quote unquote, black people like us. Mm. And... You know, shortly after that, Carol Ann, who, you know, is the best at diffusing um, any situation with baking, decided that we needed to make cookies. And then we <laughs> talked about it for a while. <laughs> and her younger sister, Ella, who's four, insisted that they all have Bible verses on them. And uh, after quite a bit of conversation, we decided to start by having a Zoom call with her brother because they live in you know, far away. And we all made cookies together. And afterward, we took them to local law enforcement. We bagged each cookie and spent time writing messages and Bible verses on them. And, you know, God's instruction on how to love people is just so absolutely perfect. And these were a few verses that have stuck with me ever since. First Corinthians sixteen fourteen: let all that you do be done in love. Mm. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And Luke 6, 35 through 36. But love your enemies, do good toward them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. So good. And you know, cookies can go a long way. <laughs> we just, just should all give each other cookies. <laughs> I know. If we just started a baking train through America, <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> So number five and the last one. So shame is something I've written a lot about, and that's our number five, shame. It has its own pride and comparison within it, but shame is applying pride and comparison and turning it into an action of condemnation or shunning. 
We would not have shame if we did not have an audience. Shame limits someone else's definition. And shame is an accusation against our souls that applies labels to people based on perception, and sometimes we do it to ourselves. Proverbs 11:2. when pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. Pride leads to shame, pride that anyone could ever think they are better than another human being. But when we are humble, we are wise. Racism shames its victims and tries to limit them by relegating them to a certain lesser class of people. Man may have classes and castes, but God's grace overcomes man's judgment. And God removes our shame. Psalm 34, verses 4 and 5, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never, their faces shall never be ashamed. Yeah. Romans 10, 11, the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And you know, I just get this beautiful picture of what it's like in heaven you know, uh, there, there isn't going to be races. There isn't going to be, you know, oh, this one's better than this one. There will be rewards in heaven, which will be amazing. But, you know, down here on earth, there's constantly this tension. And we saw it right there in the garden, didn't we, with Cain Absolutely. comparing mm-hmm. to Abel. So, you know, I think if we would look at these five different aspects of of what causes and leads to racism and ask God honestly, Lord, show me if there's any of this in me. As David said, you know, show me if there's anything and God will do it. And I believe that it isn't just racism. You know, again, the problem is the sin underneath and it can be really a uh, pride in how we treat people based on their position, you know? So Jen, do you have any final shots, thoughts to share? You know, my thought, my final thought is a question to pose to our listeners, actually. You know, what is one thing you can do today to have a positive impact on the conversation about racism? Maybe you could share a graphic of one of the many Bible verses we've discussed today. I think uh, God's word is what we really need as our instruction book, and passing that on to other people is a very powerful tool. Um, perhaps some intentional prayer is needed. Maybe you need to hide in your closet like I am right now so that my kids won't bother me. <laughs> um, and just pour your heart out to the Lord. And like Denise said, ask him to reveal anything in you. But, you know, maybe if you're like me, Um, you've realized that there are some areas that need some spiritual rooting out and it's time to address it. So I have to admit something to you. I've, I've had many black women pass their numbers to me because they wanted to help me with my daughter's hair. And I have not called a single person back and Mm -hmm. I need to change that. And if you're not acquainted with black hair, it's, it is its own Thing. There is so much care that needs to go into black hair. They do not create any of their own oil. And so you have to moisturize. You, there's so many ways to treat hair. There's so many products and everyone has a different opinion about them. And rather than trying to just call someone back and see if I could learn something that I didn't know, I just didn't want to be, well, judged about 
my daughter's hair. But um, as I've been considering all of this, I am realizing that I was so focused on being criticized that I missed out on the possibility of friendships with more people that are the same color as my little girl. And for me, it goes back to pride, really, that I don't have more friends of color in the town where I live. So I'm promising Mm. you all right now that next time I will call them. And I, I, with all of the separation in our society right now, I don't know how anyone's going to judge your hair. Plus I have it braided really awesome now in extension. So, you know, um, but I honestly hope that the opportunity to, um, to connect with um, more people like that comes soon. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jen. Thank you for helping me co-host and for sharing your testimony. Absolutely. Thanks, Denise. The raw truth is that racism will not vanish if we focus on the symptoms rather than the real sin problem. The radical races, racism is a sin, but God's grace is greater than our sin. And the real hope is one day in heaven, we who believe will all worship God together, a mighty throng of people comprised of every tongue, tribe, and nation. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. Thank <laughs> you.